You're listening to the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the show about all things design, from the creative side to the business side and all points in between. Follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell. Want the gang to answer your question on an upcoming episode? Send in your listener question to questions at thedeependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Here are your hosts. Wes McDowell in Chicago. Cal Morrison in Seattle. Nick Longo in Los Angeles. All right. Happy New Year, everyone. I know we've already had an I think we've already had an episode yeah. that came out, possibly. Yeah, we pretended that it was had already begun. Yeah, yeah. This is the first time we're actually together recording in 2019. <laughs> so um want to thank everybody who's been listening. Um, when did we, I think we started this and I want to say 2011, which is crazy to me. You're right. It's it was. Been like, wow. Yeah. Eight years. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that at all, but you've been <sighs> the around reason the I block, never baby. forget that is because I was living at my sister's. I just moved out of my ex-boyfriend's and I, cause I was totally into Jason. Ah, see, <laughs> she knows. <laughs> There's a good segue there. So <laughs> popper <go>. revealed. <laughs> so th- this this podcast has basically encapsulated your entire uh, relationship then. Yeah, kind of. In the background. Kind of. Nice. That Kids is awesome. Kids can listen to it one day. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mikkel, you were, in, you were in Australia. Yeah, Mike. It was good. You liked it? It was great. It was great. It's always great to be over there. We have a designated house that we um, stay at of really close friends. So... Well, for one, it saves on cost of lodging big time, of course. Oh, for but, sure. Well, because we're a big family of seven when when we travel over there. So laundry facilities there. We cook in the kitchen. We know the grocery stores. Like, it's systematic now. So that's all really familiar and, and a part of the success, success whenever we yeah. go over there now. Yeah. So tell us, tell us the truth though. Did you go back to that store where you ran into the fan? Just to <laughs> that's the main store with your t-shirt on of the area. Um, so there's no. I mean, that's always the main store that we go to. In fact, sometimes yeah. daily. Okay. So. Wow. How she was cool. hanging out in the corner, like yeah. There's a lot of back. there's a lot of little boys' tummies to feed, so we have to keep yeah, yeah. up on it. <laughs> yeah, like Soon two times a day. One more. Damn. Nice. And the flight back, you said, was rough. It was um, better than on the way there. We flew in a really old plane heading over there. Oh wow! Um, and it's good want. that it wasn't the other way around <laughs> because you know how your your anticipation, you're excited yes. heading there, but coming yes. home, yeah. you need to. You're have, like, can't wait. So the plane that we took back was only two months old. I found out, and and it nice. showed. It was. Oh yeah. It was a. It was a nice plane. I always know yeah. from when you get on and it, right at the door, you look at the buttons. And you could tell if it's like either you brand can. new or like totally <laughs> old. If, you totally if they're can. like rusty and like all dingy plastic, I'm like, oh no, yeah. say a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you're on a good plane if you go on and then first class is to the left and yes, the coach is to the big, right. That's how you know you're on a solid plane. That's, not a, big, one of these that's little, a big plane. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just always on these domestic flights or just like the seven, the tiny ones. But, yeah. but anyway, that's a long flight. From Australia, and I was telling, I was teasing you guys before we started about my idea, a million dollar idea for an airline yeah. that just drugs the passengers as soon as they get on. Why it's not? just like, like Twilight Dentistry, but it's better for them too. For the, you know, <laughs> oh yeah, don't have to because my mom's a flight attendant, and she just oh, yeah. has horror stories about the passengers. So drug them up, 
the flight attendants can read a magazine or something. Everyone wins. And then you just wake up and right. It's so true. You always witness these people that just make you cringe that you're embarrassed for. The yeah. way that they speak to the flight attendants or whatever, or oh, the way totally. their their mannerisms or their attitude. I mean, it can be, it, it seems like it takes a lot to be a flight attendant now. I just thought yeah. a great idea would be to actually have flights or an airline all on its own that is only for experienced travelers. Like, you have to show, like, you've clocked in some miles, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're efficient, yeah. and you know how to, like, just take your bag and put it in the overhead and close it and sit down. Like, like. Little yeah. things like that. I would pay oh. so much extra for that. Are yeah. you kidding? Well, my favorite is that that little five minute stretch at the end of the flight when you're yeah. just there's no no longer five minutes than that when you're just you want to get off that plane. Oh my god! And so every, no, it's not five everybody, minutes. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's not. But like, so you see everybody get off in front of you, and then <laughs> every wave. single person when it's when it's their turn to move, they're like, oh. I guess I better think about getting my bag down now. Oh my gosh, like, I know. How did we no never talk on this topic before? We, we're no. so passionate about this. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I hate it. Oh man. But anyway. Or people that have babies about... and think they have every excuse in the world be like, excuse me, I should go first. <laughs> yeah. I'm just oh, yeah. going to scoot by you. No, no, and... no. no. <laughs> oh. and, and when they, my favorite is when they, the flight attendants will come on like as they're landing and like, so we have some passengers that have some tight connections. So if you all don't mind sitting tight while they go, and you meanwhile you don't know who if these people are actually. Sure. I think some people are just trying to like yeah. get one over. So now I have to sit while waiting for you that you may or may not have a flight yeah. to catch. Yeah. I don't know. All I know is when I was that person that did need to have that tight connection, there was no announcement made. I'm like, hey, yeah, <laughs> of course not. Oh, it's yeah. finally me. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh, enough of that but, fun rant. <laughs> yeah, but we're on to we're on to a fun topic today. We love doing this episode every year. It's gonna our annual uh, graphic design trends of the year. So we're gonna be talking about all the design trends that we can expect to see more of in 2019 that have been kind of picking up momentum the past few years. So yeah. we each have three that we're gonna talk about. But before we do that, we're gonna sprinkle some love on our friends over at Skillshare. Mm. Uh, Skillshare is amazing. They're an online learning plat- uh, platform for um, creators like you and me. Uh, they've got over 25,000 classes in design, business, freelancing, and everything you'll need to discover countless ways to fuel, fuel your curiosity, creativity, and career. That's the three C's, y'all. Mm. So take classes <laughs> in every social media marketing, uh, photography, cre- creative writing, if that's your thing. If you want to branch out into even copywriting for clients, you can learn all that stuff there. It's awesome. So if you want to discover a new passion, start that side hustle, or just get new professional skills, Skillshare is there to keep you learning, thriving, and reaching those new year goals. How mm-hmm. timely, right? Yeah. So um, I was on there right now, and I found, just like in their Trending Now section, they've got one uh, Adobe XD Masterclass showing you how to design a mobile app and website at Wireframe, and then there's one for... Uh, you know, funnel content. So it's called a data-driven content strategy for humans. That's not bad. Kind of funnel. And then one about icon design, you know? So they've got every base covered and that's just like three random uh, courses I found. So um, join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Uh, You can get two months of Skillshare for free. Skillshare is offering our listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes absolutely free. You can't beat free. 
you know what I always say, if it's faux free, it's faux me. So <laughs> to sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash deep end. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash deep end to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash deep end. All right. Woo-hoo. Sue, on with the shoe. Um, who wants to go first? We're talking trends. Uh, anyone mm-hmm. ready to go? Any... I'll start and it off. I can off. kick things off. Go, Nicholas, go for it. All right. It. Cool. I was man. I didn't want to find um, two common ones, and I, and I, I hope these are original enough and cool enough for our listeners. Um, and I, and the first one I found here was all about this idea of activist design. And in this day and age, where I think millennials specifically are more aware of political activity, things that are you know diverse generations um, that before us aren't aren't as let's call them supportive or as into these things and causes as maybe previous past generations. And there's been this shift with it. And I think we're seeing it in creative and in design that there's this newfound kind of um, vibe that's inspired by the fact that activists and things that are in this whole environment with me too, um, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the political posters and things that you see that are clear evidence of this trend have slowly kind of like made its way into branding and into design. And I think most specifically in things that are like packaging, advertising design, things that are really needed to get someone's attention and and um, grab them from and be like, wow, what is that? That looks important. That looks almost like propaganda style, you know, design. And we're seeing yeah. this in there. And these brands that need to show like if if a brand needs to show anything like strength or compassion or a loud voice, anything that's a, like a united voice or anything like that these same graphic elements and vibes that we see in a lot of like protest signs or organized marches yeah. are there. Right. And it's this like a lot of clenched fists. Yeah. I mean like, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> truly like what's funny is that's kind of the first thing that comes up when you look up activist design. But I think too, it's even just simple things like the uh, almost like sunburst Ray uh, striped um, radio uh patterns in the background, right? To show mm-hmm. emphasis on maybe there's something in the middle there or something that's um, big, bold stripes and you name it. But we're seeing like raw, gritty um, illustrations, things that look like they're almost stamped or hand printed, very unique fonts that are being used for full impact. But it's really nothing new. It's it's just that millennials have connected to it so much and we're seeing it in brands and we're seeing it in graphics that are really representing these brands and they're, they're showing like they give a shit. Like they, they actually want to have an attitude. And you know, it was funny. I was trying to think of some really good examples of this and, and we could see it in design and I've seen it in a lot of like food and you can look at a lot of like packaging that's um, sports nutrition stuff and everything. They have these very high impact um, visuals on their packaging to kind of show strength and like power and, and they're really there. But two things that are really more recent, and they're not much design, but they are more marketing and strategies with brands. But I don't know if you guys saw like the Gillette ad that just came out the other day and what they did. And they're they're doing this whole thing on what a man can be. And they're taking advantage of this this movement and kind of showing their support, uh, you know, as far as what a man can be, not a man. uh, I forget what their old tagline was, but they kind of flipped it on its The best a man can get. Can get exactly. Oh, and, that, that's right. And it, it's if you haven't seen this ad, and it sparked a lot of controversy, but also I too, heard like about it, that. Yeah, but take I a look seen at it ad. because it was so well done, and it's like 
it's at least caused the discussion even more so. So they're one great example of it. But I think a second one is obviously when Nike came out with their uh, Colin uh, uh, Kaepernick campaign that came out. Sure, sure. And again, like, again, too, like that almost felt a little too like they were just riding the coattails or like, is this true? And does a brand really stand for that? But Mm -hmm. what's interesting is Nike's sales went up 31% that weekend when it came up. And they've never seen a spike like that. And it's continued, which is kind of unique, even though it kind of just came out almost like that 1984 commercial for Mac back in the day, Mm -hmm. um, and never really aired again. But it made an impact and it got at least people talking. So it's interesting that this whole vibe and, and trend we're seeing is just really new, even though it's an old, it's an old thought, you know, but we're seeing it showing up so much. I think the whole goal here, and I think you guys can agree is that it should be 100% authentic. Like if a brand's going to take that risk, they better be so be- behind it, either yeah, in yeah. design or Other- attitude, you know? Otherwise, it becomes that Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad. Oh, my God. The worst. Yeah. Were- Perfect example <laughs> of, like, how that can backfire, you know? Yeah. Um, and even if, you know, even if, like, she fully believed in that and Pepsi fully believed in it, the execution and everything was just so – maybe she was the wrong person for it, you know, like – she never. Yeah. Well, the we've idea never heard her like even Pepsi's speak before. going to fix racism was a little. Uh, yeah. You know how could and, they think? <laughs> and they picked a person who never had a view or an or an opinion on anything. So how are right. we, you know, to buy it? Whereas all these other ones, like I think Gillette was a perfect brand for it. I think Nike, obviously, with their support, it showed that they wanted to keep Colin, even though you know he had gone through controversy. So. I like this idea that, hey, if you are branding or if you're doing anything for a, a current client, ask them about you know what they stand for. I think that's a good thing to always ask in your questionnaire. And that could really just drive some new design. It doesn't have to be so in your face, but at least it's talking about them being active in, the, in their role as a brand out there and how they're going to react with the consumer that you know potentially buys them. So yeah, that's kind of like the first one I was thinking about. And I, I, I think we can all say we've seen little signs of it and it's a really cool influence to, to think about mm-hmm. when you're designing, you know? Yeah. And it, it sparks a bigger kind of topic of just overall branding and authenticity and all that kind of stuff too. And of course it would make sense that you're going to start seeing it in the actual designs too. So yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh, but think, think about how everything that came out of even the women's march and the these things that happened over in the last year or two it's like yeah they're uniting people but they're also kind of like putting people at opposite ends of things too so it's kind of like you have to almost choose a, a team with some of these brands <laughs> like i'm going to go with this brand yeah. because so it's it's a iffy one but all i think is that at least the design that can come out of this can still say something without having to pick a side so much it could look it could look impactful and it can grab attention when it's on a shelf you know? Yeah. So that's Absolutely. my that's my first one there. Strong. Mm-hmm. Out of the gate, strong. Yeah. All right, Mikkel, would you like to go or would you like me to go? Doesn't matter. All right. Ooh. Ladies first. Go for it. Okay. My first one is Pops of Vivid Color. And Ooh. this is not to be confused with both last year and the year before, the trend <laughs> that was for neon. Do you guys, do yeah. you guys remember it? Yeah. Yeah. And then when Apple started coming out with all these like crazy neon colors. So this is, of course, to grab attention, stand out more against competition, but it's also to be understood as those lighter hues that are 
they're in, they're intense. They're yeah. mm-hmm. and they're they're vibrant and bright. So um I love that I get to talk about this one because um I've been using it a lot recently. Um where it it kind of scares the client a little bit. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then when you show them in application how that really vibrant pop of color is added as an accent tone and mm-hmm. subtly compared to the other tones within a concept, like, oh, yeah. oh, I like yeah. that. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny. Um, I have no problem using like super bright girly pinks and stuff anymore. I used to be hesitant. I have no issue with that anymore. Um, and really, you know, it used to be like pooed upon if you were to utilize a yellow for typography. Mm-hmm. I do yeah. I do it all the time now. I even on white. You're such a rebel. <laughs> Aren't I? No, I'm really Who coming out. You're such a maverick. That's why we have you on the podcast, Mikhail the the hot takes. <laughs> yes. Yellow on white. Oh my God. <laughs> But, but I, even I, but cool. even um, <laughs> even that even without utilizing it as an accent color and as a main primary, it's becoming more and more of a popular of popular oh, yeah. use, which has been encouraging mm-hmm. to see. Um, so yeah, I I just think it's a great way to grab attention. I mean, even if it's got that edge and mm-hmm. it's a brand that's a little bit on the conservative side, I always advise. To you to use them, it's almost yeah. a good um, attempt to say like you know if they're afraid to if a brand or or a brand owner is afraid to go too far by adding that pop somewhere that's like a highlight or it's almost like it's I always like to think of it is like lit from behind and edges are glowing in some random weird color on some yeah. illustration or some photography. It, yeah, it could be the it bec- it can become the signature of that brand, and I sure. think. Little things like that become those things that we look for now and go, oh, I now know that brand now because of that design th- theme of a pop mm-hmm. of color being, ha- you know, yeah, being it grabs done attention, so and then elegantly. from there, there's establishment that can mm-hmm. be made a little bit, a little bit quicker. In all honesty, totally. um, so yeah, I I actually had a recent account, and I thought that this was one of those phrases in an email that might have been rendered from a mobile device where it was predictive text gone totally (laughs) wrong, and it wasn't. (laughs) They totally meant it. They said um, they really wanted a disruptive concept. And that was like... The word of the year. I was like... (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I know. I was at my parents' at the time, and dad was, my dad was shaking his head. And he's like, I bet you anything they meant distinctive there. They didn't mean distinctive. <laughs> <laughs> Look at dad analyzing. I know. That. And I, I, um, I double-checked with them, and disruptive is absolutely what they meant, which is t- super exciting. They wanted that yeah. much edge. Nice. So I, So I went for it in way of vibrant coloration. Yeah. I love that. Well, now when a client says, make, can you make it pop more, this is what they mean. Yeah, sort of color. it yeah. can. There's yeah. other ways to make stuff pop, but but by and large, absolutely, we always think of vibrancy when yeah yeah when a, a client says something like that. Yes, yeah. and it's, it's a great really thing cool. to do too. Like you said, it can scare some clients, mm-hmm. but I I kind of enjoy doing that because like yeah, not to scare them, but like I would rather 
almost yeah. give them something that can be pulled back versus... Otherwise, you're not at service. Right. Right. Otherwise, the, the, the thing you don't want is like, we want more versus I sometimes do like to just kind of almost purposefully make Go something a that's more. a little too much yeah. so that they can react to that and say, oh, okay, fine. We'll pull it back into a more manageable... Yeah, I like that. Thing, I think that, you know? that's yeah. smart. Kind of a tr- Once you get trick, a but... sense for feeling out the client enough and you know you can push... Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't think there's any reason not to. I agree with that. Yeah. I was, it was interesting when you mentioned this because there's two current projects I have right now that we are doing that. And I wasn't even aware that that was like part of the, the trend in one trend. way. It was in one way, this one main brand has five subcategories underneath them. So the line look had to be mm. almost identical. And then we were like, how do we differentiate them? And yeah. that's exactly what we did. This, oh, this cool. stuff, every product has a light behind it that's in a different neon kind of color to specify what brand that's part of. So it looks totally consistent in an entire line look, but by color, you know what brand is which. And I think that's Hmm. a fun way to do it by not just giving them the typicals, you know, blue stripe at the bottom, red stripe at the bottom, yellow stripe at the bottom, but to illuminate the product shots with this neon in the back. And we did it all in Photoshop. It wasn't even like, had to be like extra, you know, photo shoots to do. It was just a matter of like, take that one layer, punch it up with funky ass colors. And all of a sudden there it was. It was really cool. Yeah. Cool. Nice. That's yeah. a, that's Smart. a really, that's a t- totally different application that I bet listeners weren't considering when we were talking about this trend in way of brand concepting. You know, I will always show a grayscale or black and white to just draw attention to design exclusively because people do absolutely get distracted by color toning. And then if you pull in this type of vibrancy, it's crazy distinctly different. Mm -hmm. And it's It's just disruptive. It's just good (laughs) design. It's just good design too. It's like, it's a little like unpredictable. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And I I recognize it. Yeah. I recognize it in things and. You know, um, it's real, and it's and if t- if anyone's in the illustration world too, I think it's another way too that uh, we're using a lot of illustrations and on some of these beer cans we're doing, and we're hiring someone to do it. But one of the directions was to each one should have a signature pop of color to help mm-hmm. differentiate it even more. So again, you're right. Even in illustration, yeah, I mean, this could happen in apparel design. You name it, right? Yeah, look at our yeah. shirt. Like, look at our shirts. We got that hot hot ass magenta going. I mean. That's a pop of color. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get compliments on it wherever I go. There you go. <laughs> All right, cool. So um, mine is kind of similar to yours, actually, Mikel, and that's colorful minimalism. So where this differs, I think, is – so I guess, you know, when people think of minimalism, they kind of think of black and white or like really muted kind of neutral color schemes. But what we're seeing now is kind of the same thing but – in really, with really um, bright pops of color. So what I, like, there's a few pictures I'm looking at here for um, examples of it. And one's like a, a, a halved avocado with that really nice kind of avocado green color with like a <laughs> pink back, background behind it. And that's it. Like just a really kind of simple image. Um, the, the pink with the green. Um, and then another one is like an orange cut in half where the outside of the orange is painted blue and it's a blue a ah, tabletop background, yeah. but you see the 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 orange color inside of it. Um, and there's also like kind of just a yellow door with a white trim around it. And the, the wall is painted the same color yellow. So it's basically just 
really minimalistic images. Yeah. Sorry. It's like framing. It's almost like highlighting in a color, you know, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Frame the realistic vert. Like that orange one sounds cool. Yeah. And the avocado one is cool too. Like it's a little more subdued than the orange Mm -hmm. one. But I think the point is here, these can be, um, they don't have to be necessarily vivid or bright colors, but they're colors that have a bit of a pop and um, are kind of um, contrasted with each other really nicely. So I think, and there's another example here, which actually feels more like your thing, Mikkel, which is it's a Nike ad, um, looks like out of China or something where it's, it's, it's all white background with black, really large black text with a black and white um, image of a person. So it's very kind of black and white, but then the Nike swoosh is really colorful and a, a gradient. So it's, huh. you know, it's just, it's, it's colorful minimalism, but it could also be considered your, your pop of vivid color. So yeah. Um, yeah. Either way, I think it's just a matter of with these two trends together, I'd say the bigger trend is just kind of be bold with color and use it in ways that you haven't before. Yeah. And I I think we're seeing that a lot too. I with brands that have to live only online and that aren't in stores, a lot of these subscription based mm-hmm. stuff or whatever, you're seeing them use color like never before, particularly like in those even pastel stuff for men and dark Yeah big like colors for, for for women it's so weird like if we're tossing back and forth between it's also like a kind of like gender neutral uh neutral thing now is a big thing with color yeah. too so i think we're both yeah, binary, totally. man yeah both your both your, your <laughs> trends there really kind of fit in that zone and and it's it's really nice for us as designers to be able to don't have to stick to the the common default of what uh, a color should be for a brand that's geared more towards men, women, or whoever, you know? Yeah. It's very it's cool. True. And like, cause like cool. that, that avocado image, like while it's on a, it's on a really pale pink background, it doesn't feel overly feminine, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so it's, it's interesting. It, it is kind of, things are switching a little bit, I think, and everything's yeah. more fair game. Yeah. There you go. Cool to see. So that's a trend right there. There you go. <laughs> All right. What you got, Nicholas? Okay. So this one's called fast design, and it really implies the idea that you have no time, so you slap on anything, and you get <laughs> m- mega multimedia together in one. And it started from this funky thing that was written up in a Vanity Fair article, and it was called Scumbro. And Scumbro was this fashion-forward look that was a celebration of weird streetwear and apparel worn by like celebs and fashion people. And they had a, the best example. It was like, think Pete Davidson. Anytime you've seen him in a picture, yeah. he has like Patagonia top Crocs at the bottom, but he has like the latest <laughs> Adidas, you know, limited edition sweatpants. And it was this like mix match of like just crap. It became this ethos of the way like design was looking. It was like, you're fast. You kind of have no time. So you're throwing something together. It was like if someone gave you a challenge to say, wear every color, every pattern all at once. And so all of a sudden, how weird, you know, pop culture works. This has made its way into branding and design and to packaging a, a lot. And it's this idea of like, how many patterns can you throw on top of each other on a box? And one of them was like, had this really hilarious thing. It's like, take your normal design before, and you have this layout and you're ready to send it to your client. Now add a huge backdrop of pink. 
add another pattern hmm. over the photo. Then it says, maybe you've got a pattern of tacos and put in 16 different more fonts and finally spray paint the logo in a messy stencil. <laughs> like it was like this really weird thing. And here's the best example of it. Think of the LaCroix cans and, and boxes of the uh -huh. beverage. Yeah. It's, it's by far some of the worst design I've ever seen. Right. And it's like, yeah. like funky brush strokes and then this weird font and then splashes of color and the typography has got like there's huh. like six look at it there's like six fonts on there and it's interesting how that has still become the number one selling like there's been all these competitors out there and this thing yeah. is still rock solid and it's the uh -huh. same template just things changing colors per flavor yeah um well, i so think the a, problem is i'm always drinking one. like vodka when i'm looking at that yeah. can so i don't i don't yeah. really notice <laughs> It's not, in <laughs> it's not in focus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Never really but, paid too much attention. But we, but I we, went to this, we went to this uh, conference uh, local in LA a few months ago, and one of the girls there was this event space. She's like the go-to person for like experiential design, and her, her biggest client is LaCroix. And she was talking about when uh, she's like, she came up with all these ideas like, hey, break out of the box, literally, and try this. And they were like, nope, just stack up our boxes and make an archway. And people will come running. And it was like they found this design trend and it works for them. And it's like they don't even want to veer off of it because it's so true. It is distinct from all the others. I mean. Right? Yeah. You look at like Pepsi tried with Bubbly. Um, Fresca rebranded and made themselves a competitor. And they're all trying to get after Seagram's. You know, it's crazy. But this trend is really interesting. A lot of them, a lot of people aren't saying it, it doesn't have the longevity uh, of most because – as fast as it is, it's also going to be a very fast trend, like going in and out. Yeah. But if you practice it, it's a great way for any of us designers to get used to breaking the rules. And that's always a good thing. So like I tried this the other day with something and, and literally tried the idea where the logo overlapped a background and a pattern and some font and multiplied it. And I just thought it was like this cross section of craziness, but the client loved it. And he said, I don't think that might be good on the packaging, but let's think of that for a whole trend for social media post. And we were like, awesome. So, you know, it's like you said, you test the waters, you show them the most, the most crazy and see what they, what they think about. So, yeah. Um, I'm so not thanks, seeing thanks, a ton thanks, of fonts, Pete Nick. I'm seeing two. <laughs> on what? I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing a shit ton of font. Oh, like it's, I think it's, if you look as closely as like their flavor name and then like, yeah. if you go from flavor to flavor to flavor, sometimes they bring in, different fonts for different flavor names, which a lot of like people like comic try sans to keep is it. the official font. Yeah. Of I wish raspberry, <laughs> <laughs> but they have. Some yeah. Oh, ones. I they see. Not with, ones. not on one single bottle. You mean across no, different flavors? Across, yeah. Across everything. So like, yeah. Um, which is interesting because I think a lot of people are want to, and I do this all the time. I want to be safe. And like the flavor name on the package is always in the same font, but think of it as something mm -hmm. you can be totally different with. And, as long as you're looking at the whole picture of your brand, does it match and fit? Great. Now have a little fun with those details like this trend is telling you. So I'm seeing that right. somebody tweeted not long ago, yeah. LaCroix is like drinking Sprite with a condom. <laughs> <laughs> <It's t> <laughs> is that not a roast? It's accurate. Yeah. Oh my God. Like it's, it's, it's keeping out all the, the, the flavor and the, <laughs> and the sugar. And the, the, <laughs> That's the hilarious. I, that's a little weird. Yeah, going uh, down a weird route here, guys. But yeah, I, know. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, what, what's next, Thank you Mikhail? For that one, Mikhail. <laughs>
<laughs> okay. My next one is about um, complex gradients. And I think the timing of this is rather cool because we just at max were exposed to um, all the different ways to create dynamic gradients. Um, really not truly that it, without difficulty. Um, and I've been starting to use that a bit more rather than just the standard radial or linear, linear. in one direction, setting yeah. the angle wh where you want it. Um, you can just kind of play with randomization of, of these focal points of, of gradients. So that's kind of fun. But the what's interesting about this trend too is the duotone pull, pulled in into them. So yes. I I really do truly feel they started popping up last year, but this year it seems like they'll become a little bit even more complex in from a creative sense. Mm -hmm, so yeah. instead of just using them for backgrounds, you can find new ways to incorporate them in techniques into designs and so forth, you know, little ac accent elements and so forth. And oftentimes I'm seeing this now as um, what appears to be shading, like somebody took... Um, a dark charcoal unit and just to, to give it depth. I'm seeing, a, I'm seeing a lot of that, not around the edges. It's not going eighties, nineties and what was old yeah. school. It's all inter internally within a design element. Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you yeah. know, what's cool. You have two things that are really enhancing that one is the new gradient kind of uh, spectrum. Uh, very, what is it called? Variable gradients in illustrator where you can, do I just like that. that you yet. can you can smudge. You can get in there and like oh almost yes, darken it is variable right. Yeah, it's nice. that, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is really really cool. I use that. And then I like that. I saw another trend that was unique to what you're saying, and it's because of um, Procreate on the iPad is that textural gradients and being in control of the gradient by hand is what's sparking this new trend of like so Procreate people are using it for the actual art and then in, in inputting it into their Illustrator or their Photoshop work. Because it's hard to do by mouse or by even by tablet sometimes. Yeah, like, sure. It's sure. so neat. So what yeah. it, I think Which you're right. It's almost like you're seeing the timing it much of better. that is interesting too from Max, because everybody was emphasizing to utilize tablet with the pen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the and way you yeah. Remember, there was a lot of, more of that smudging results. of that, yeah. And the liquefy, like you could take something and almost like it it's taking into consideration you're moving something throughout two multiple colors and that gradient is happening almost naturally. It's not like assigned the way we usually mm. do where you're trying to like mess with every color and every yeah. degree. Yeah. Now it's natural. So I think right. we're going to see it really kind of come to come. Yeah. Into really like kind nice of fun. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Well, the next one I have is it's all about kind of metallics and iridescence. Um, and cause I preach, think what we were preach. Seeing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love which it. Which I love, you know, gold is uh gold is a favorite of mine. So um, hmm. what we've been seeing a lot of in the past is kind of like gold elements with black or white, but what we're starting to see now is more of this shift to, um, pairing it with bright colors, mm -hmm. which is interesting. So yeah, I'm definitely seeing like a lot of, uh, bright color things this year. That's definitely where things are going. So, um, mm -hmm. and a lot of this has to do with like a lot of the examples I'm seeing are, um, like these 3d rendered objects. You know, so yeah. what I'm not really talking about is necessarily like uh, gold foil processing, like on yeah. packaging. But I mean, I guess it could, like, yeah, I think it could 
uh, translated into that, like for packaging design, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like, imagine if you had like a, like a bright purple package with gold, gold embossed, embo- yeah, gold like foil on, on that. Mm-hmm. That's what we're seeing a lot of. So these really kind of vivid color backgrounds with gold elements or iridescent elements as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's getting a little more kind of funky, and you don't have to yeah, just be very like totally. You know, because I think there's a lot of like. Um, What's the word? You know, whenever you use gold on packaging or in something, it kind of gaudy creates a scent. No, I mean, I'd say the opposite. Kind of, it's, oh. it can be gaudy for sure, but it, it's also people try Premium. to use it to be very elegant and really kind of sophisticated. But yes. now we're seeing it in a way that's a little more playful and fun. Yes. So it's, mm. it's the metallic element with a bright color. So um, I like the look, gotta say. Yeah. That's why I picked it. So I do too. It's like the gold is invited into the color palette, like as a normal color, not as it doesn't have to only represent premium high end uh, or anything yeah. too weird. It could play in the in a role of every day, kind of in a way too. I, yeah. I think I wonder if it's too because like, and I'm, I'm sure you guys see this a lot too, but a lot of people and I use this a lot too because a lot of times in print, uh, a, a client can't afford the extra gold or some fifth color, but what you can do is replicate it with you know, nice gradations and, and, and highlight either, uh, copper, metallic, gold, silver in a gradient. Um, and it's not extra printing, but it actually enhances the artwork. And I'm seeing this more mainstream than ever before. Yeah. And like that would kind of read as cheesy if you're trying to do that in in a like luxury sophistication way. But if you're doing it in a more kind of fun, young kind of, I don't know, just true way. I don't know how, I sound so old when I say that. Like, <laughs> it's really hip. It's what the kids are doing. Like when you do it that way, and it's it's kind of a more fun package. Like I think it can work really well. Like how you're talking about, and a lot of these things I'm seeing too. Um, so we're talking. There's two different ways to look at this. It's actually gold printing, or it's at, or it's kind of just as as a part of the design uh, scape. You know, mm-hmm. if, like if if it's an ad using like really big 3D rendered letters. Or oh, typography, yeah. and that could be gold or something like that's kind of what I'm talking about, too. So, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. nice. Cool. All right, we've got uh, last one more to talk about, and we've got about 20 minutes left. I'm sorry, I've got a heart out here at the end of the hour, okay. so mine's okay. a quick one, yeah. So, we'll quick, th- we'll make these quick, yeah, perfect. All right, okay. So my next one is a is more of a of a approach when you're designing, and it's kind of unique that it's basically being called "Don't get stuck in the middle." And if you're designing a brand, or if you're designing uh, uh, something new from scratch, work working with your client to understand that it's brands must strategically commit to either being high end or low fidelity value proposition. Like it's this idea like you can't be in the middle with your design and your look and feel. And everything you design around it, you know, I think it's true, like we were just saying, where like maybe you've added too much of a premium to something that's an everyday item, and that design could confuse the person. And they're trying to say that if you play in that middle thing, your days are over. Like it's no one's going to be finding Mm. you uh, based on how you're presenting yourself in your branding and in your designs. So brands must strategically commit. Are they either high end or are they low fidelity, like value proposition? And Mm -hmm. Consumers will pay for that premium of the brand, but they want to have the Uber experience. And I think when you look at packaging unveilings and you think of the way people, especially when stuff comes in the mail, you want it and you want to be, have that experience. And so like you'll pay for it, but it's the low cost stuff too that 
it'll still kill and you'll still sell if you're designing for it, but you got to make that decision to be there. So those yeah. ones that are operating in the middle uh, will basically die out, they're basically saying. And I, I always heard this, con- this conversation that sometimes being in the middle is safe, but on brands, look at like, are, are you guys familiar with Aldi, this new um, grocery yeah. chain that's coming up everywhere? It's, they're all to, over Chicago. Yeah, like they're very new to us here in LA, but they've, they've taken the stance that their value proposition is rooted in a no-frills experience, but high high quality still. So you're like, the way they've positioned it, and even Target has this whole new brand, and I, I really urge people to go into a Target and take a look at Smartly. It's kind of like their new low-end everyday brand, and look at the packaging, and look at font choices, look at colors that they use, and you're like, it still has this minimum and premium look, but it's it's decided to be low, low cost. And just like mm. pick and like they're under $3 so you can grab mm-hmm. as many as you want. And yeah. the, what's nice is the design really follows this. So again, thinking about when you're in that discovery zone with the client, ask them straight up, what brow is your client, is your consumer here? Are they highbrow, lowbrow, can't be in the middle, design mm-hmm. for that and pick one and go. <laughs> so are you suggesting like for the for the low end i mm-hmm. what jumps to my mind is like the brand um i don't know if it's still in la it was called fresh and easy is it still there no and again yeah that was the same approach they took yeah, that same really idea simple like mm-hmm. it didn't look i don't think what you're suggesting is design things that look like shit if the brand no. if it's a, but it's just yeah. like but i think the, the point is to design something that just reads very simple right yes and that kind of almost denotes budget or Mm-hmm. Um, it still could yeah. be a high quality. It still should be a high. No one wants cheap quality products, but <laughs> how are you positioning it branding wise and design wise? Are you, if you're telling them premium, 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 it has to come with bells and whistles. Now, if it's yeah. not, it could still it be great. Design. If it's... Yeah. But fresh and easy was like a perfect <laughs> example. It was like super yeah. clean, easy to understand, great font choices and colors. So again, it's like just choosing which one do you want to be, you know, and going after right. it. Pick a lane. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I should have called it. <laughs> All right, Michelle. All right. Okay, so my last one is dynamic hand-drawn illustrations. And gosh, are, we, are we not seeing this like crazy now? I, I totally I feel like I am. These are just, these are custom hand-drawn illustrations, of course, and they just... They're just great in way of making designs stand out in, it, in, their, in their own way. Um, so they can be super fun, creative, and original, and that's why you're going to see more um, and more, I think, of designs opting for this type of custom art. You, you're starting to see it on some websites. Um, well, Dropbox has had Dropbox. theirs for a little while. That's mm-hmm. a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, MailChimp also has their own oh, distinct they're hand gorgeous and, yeah. yeah they're 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 ha, have their own um distinct look and feel too that's kind of super successful looking to me um but oftentimes now this is this can be like decorative where mm-hmm. you see little glitches of what might i'm not using the right word but might look like mistakes and then they uh, move on mm. so it's like outlining that's really t- really kind of rigid and not seamless. It's not polished. It's sort of, um, it's sort of got this approach, um, very cool approach that's imperfect. 
Okay. okay. Um, so, you know, when you see a collection of like a pattern, um, and there's, there's tulips, for example, and leaves and stuff, and it's not redundant at certain corners, you see it's all completely, hand, it's all di- different. It's not just, it j- j- hasn't just been assigned repeatedly. So that's another really good example um, are with, with patterns. But even that like kind of Van Gogh approach with just that, um, the, the shading and mm-hmm. you can see where the line work is and there's no way you can do this with a mouse or a, a pen digitally. It yeah. looks, re- yeah, it's, it's that what type about of a tablet? super detailed these can be super detailed and dynamic i mean like one section looks like it might take at least a few hours type of thing yeah well when you say dynamic what what do you mean by that so um these imperfections of line work almost make it look like it's in motion okay cool i guess um there it's like brought to life with these you know like Raindrops coming from a cloud. Every single raindrop is shaped completely different. Okay. It's they're not, they're not re- redundant in any way. Yeah, they're not like kind of mm-hmm. re uh, d- you know, duplicated over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. They're not taking the nice. Nick way. Dupe, 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 dupe. No, and this is the kind of thing that we hire out for. I mean, it's a it's a niche for sure. Yeah. It's, it's very specific. I went, the first Max that we went to, I went to a course for digitizing hand handwork. And it mm-hmm. was, it seemed super complex. They're, I bet they're going to come up with a way to kind of simplify the process for sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they will. That'll be the But the very interesting. Sense, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I just, I saw something about like on Little Mermaid, the original movie, how they, um they had, to, they outsourced all the bubbles to like China or something. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Like they were all hand done individual, like, but they, we guess it was just cheap labor. So they just sent it over there to like, cause in the movie, there's a lot of times where you just see like random bubbles when people move their hand in the water and stuff. And that was all just outsourced from Disney to China. There How you go. How funny. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was just weird and interesting. <laughs> all right. So my last one is called modern collage. So basically it's a little, I'm going to try to describe this. Yeah, this is, it's so funny, like trying to describe all these on a podcast, but hopefully we're doing a decent video. <laughs> I know, I know. Kind of, kind of visualize it. But basically, so this one is, um, it's just, just blending distinct mediums like photos or vector art um, together to create these like montages um, and just kind of overall compositions. So the the one I'm looking at here has got the the main focal point is, it's a woman, but then the head's gone. It's just like a thing. It's like a uh, bunch of flowers where the mm-hmm. head would be. So it's imposed on there. And then behind her, there's like some just really geometric shapes, like squares and circles. And then there's like a, a, a brush stroke, like, a, like mm-hmm. a paint stroke. So it's kind of a more organic shape. And then there's a grid of um, little circles, like in a square pattern. And mm. so that's just one example and then another one is like a a guy fishing. And he's catching a swordfish, but the swordfish is like a vector, almost clip art looking yeah. swordfish. Oh yeah. And then there's like the waves are kind of like cut from paper. They look like it's like, like a mixture of media, of huh? Yeah, yeah, it's a mixed media thing where you're basically mixing photos, vectors, 
uh, geometric shapes, organic shapes, and just all these little design elements together yeah. into one composition that's kind of got a focal point. And yeah, that's hard to describe I, other than that, but I've been seeing I like this, the cutout. So. Yeah, it, and I see a lot of people doing that in, in their process videos on that are maybe more illustrative and stuff on Instagram and stuff. And I'm like, damn, I, I think your freedom to do that is so much more if you're actually using physical pieces and things like that's what we did when we were kids. You know, you cut out the head, you put something stupid on it, you <laughs> laid some screen print over something and whatever. And it's like, yeah. and it's hard. I, it's so hard to do digitally sometimes because of how, just how quick it is, but yeah. I'd rather try it physically and do something unique like that and then mm -hmm. scan it in, do something unique with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We got to start taking some risks here. Are you saying you're actually <laughs> trying to cut off people's heads and replace them with, with flowers, Nick? Because that's, I, I think we that's can't endorse that neck. on the program yeah. here. <laughs> as, long as, as long as it's all cut paper, we should, we should be fine. There you go. <laughs> I won't tell you who it is that I will be cutting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is the, the chat's worth uh, Slayer over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So that's do. Are there any any more? Do you guys want to mention quickly before we get to the listener question? That was kind of. I don't think it so. For All me. right. Yeah. Cool. Well, we have a, an audio listener question this week, but True. before we get to that, let's talk some fresh books. It's the new year, and what better time to get set up with a brand new invoicing system? Because who wants to spend time <laughs> with their invoicing, right? FreshBooks does. That's who, yep. and we're going to take it off your plate because. Uh, we're designers, we're not accountants, and we liked, we love FreshBooks. We've, the three of us have been using it for years and years now because of how easy they make it to um, create these really branded, beautiful invoices. Uh, and that's important as designers. You, know, you, want yeah. it, you want it to be branded. Uh, you don't want to be going on Google Docs to look for an invoice template every time, like I used to do, and just make up an invoice number because you don't yep. have like, yep. a system. Yep. FreshBooks does all that for you and more. So um, you get set up in about 60 seconds. You just input a client. You input an invoice. It gets magically sent off to them. And if they don't pay it in a day, well, not, they, don't, they don't get that aggressive by sending reminders <laughs> after one day. You control it. <laughs> yeah. So basically, they, they send out those uh, reminder emails on your behalf. So you don't have to be the bad guy. And most people... Uh, on FreshBooks platform, get paid within one business day. So that's unheard of with just about any other uh, service. So we highly recommend them. And their customer service is just great. Um, if anything ever goes wrong, I don't think it will. Um, but you can get them on the phone in three rings or less, which is amazing. So, uh, But we've got our deal worked out with them for a 30-day unrestricted free trial. Uh, for our listeners only, go to freshbooks.com slash graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about a section. Once again, freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about a section. Okay. So we have an audio question, which we love. So that is from Laura Grant. And let's listen to that. Hi, guys. This is Laura Grant. I have been freelancing for about eight years, and I really appreciate your podcast. I appreciate all the time and care you put into each episode. My question for you is about work time and boundaries. Um, I'm curious to know if you have a philosophy about boundaries around your personal time, around your work time, if there's 
goals that you aim for as far as um, keeping the two separate or being flexible. Um, I know as a freelancer, I've brought work on vacation with me. I've also had um, work and family time overlap. Um, so I'm looking into 2019 and I'd like to just get a better handle on best practices. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Laura. I actually love this question because this is something that's been kind of popping up for me a little lately. I don't know if mm. I've mentioned it on the show before. Um, I've got a client. He's a great guy. He's really nice. But he, t he likes to send me text messages. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Um, and I've worked very hard <laughs> to get this process in place where all communication is done in Basecamp. I don't want emails from you because yeah. what happens when I get all these things from different places is now I don't know where to find things. Yeah. So if it's all or you can camp, or you could miss something. Yeah. But this particular guy likes to text me with certain things and asking certain questions. And I just I find myself like, what do I say? Do I actually say don't text me? I find that hard to do. Um, especially cause this guy is very nice and he yeah. would never say that to one of his clients. So I feel sure. like, um, oh. they do get the, hard to well, do. a decent person does. I, in my experience, get the message when you don't answer any of them and you follow up by email. Yeah. The, and that's the next day or when, when it's working, I, working hours. Yeah. I have a, I have a sentence I put out there. I just say, Hey, thank you for the text. But I go, if you please can, let's keep all communication business related on email, it's going to help us, you know, make sure Organization. we catch everything and yeah. it documents everything for both, for both of our sides. And it, it's, yeah. it's just a simple ask, but I, I've been there a hundred times, dude. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I yeah. find it hard to actually like say the, that to him, but I think what it does though, is it opens right. it up for, and we're almost wrapped up with that project. Any new projects I take on, I already tell them everything on Basecamp, but I'm going to make it much more of a point. Yes. I'm gonna say, it's going to be much more of a, um, but seriously, <laughs> everything <laughs> will be on Basecamp. Yeah. And I'll just say like, I, I, I don't want to get texts because, um, because that can get lost or I'll, I'll make up mm -hmm. a reason. I don't want to just say, because that's from a personal life, damn it. But that's really, what yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of is. And I think that's the thing. I, if in, in our world, I, I think. I feel like texting and your business do not go hand in hand unless you are somewhere and you're meeting that person and it's like someone's going to be late. Yes. Then you text that client and, and, and there I see how it works, yeah. but it does blur the line. Yeah. So I always just try, try to say if it's business information and stuff that's valued to the projects we're working on, yeah. you know, it must be an email or base camp or whatever your preferred method is. I don't, I think someone's got to, everyone's going to understand that to that point now where you're right. It, it is right. kind of blurring the line of the personal thing. And um, even when they're well, that good of friends with you, I mean, it's yeah. a tough one. And the thing is like, what'll happen is I, I don't check my emails. I don't check my base camp when I'm relaxing at night, but those can come through. There you go. And then that, you know, it'll be like, so how's everything coming? When It's kind of like a nudge along kind of text. It's like, yeah. don't do this at 8 p.m. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, do you guys have any other kind of um, advice Boundary in terms things. of uh, boundaries? It's, I, I feel it's different with every client, to be honest with you. Some will really abuse it and you do have to lay the law down and be like, look, after five, like I, I, I'm, I'll 
you know, I'm st- I might be working on stuff, but n- I'm out of, I'm offline. Like, you know what I mean? You have to tell them that, mm-hmm. or you have to tell them that no texting, whatever. Um, but then there's those other clients that reward me super well. And I'm going to, I'm going to go a, a little over the line with them. And, and I will, we will, as long as they don't abuse it, I will, it will go in more into the text world or even, you know, God forbid a phone call. No, I'm just kidding. But like, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. I, I kind of, I can't have a rule that works for everything because some yeah. of them, it really does pay to just send a simple text and whatever. And some of them, to be honest with you, aren't that like computer maybe savvy and they're on their phones all, I know they're constantly on the go all the time and they have to communicate on their phone. So it helps sometimes, but yeah, I think you got to play thing- it your piece by piece or, or case by case. Yeah, totally. And I, I, I think it's a matter of um, laying those expectations out up front. Like for instance, I have that, I have a weekly sync meeting with every client I, I have. Yeah. Um, and I, in the same client, it's gotten a little away from me. Those are supposed to be 15 minute meetings that have turned into like 30 minute meetings. Cause he, it's like, since I've got you on the phone, I'm going to kind of go through this whole mental list in my mind of every single <laughs> thing we could talk about. Like, and it's like, you're not paying me for this. Dude. Yeah. And I need to say like, that needs to be more of a thing in the future saying this is a 15 minute meeting. Um, yeah. Because I got something after it, you know, like rather than, but that's can always justify these things by saying, because that's what you've built, have, but that's what you've, that's what you've built for. That's, yeah. that's why your price is where it's at. You factored this stuff in there and you can be like, I'm happy to talk about that, but that's like off the topic and a whole other conversation that we haven't really budgeted for. So like, I know it's, I know it sucks, but like, you know, we, we, I don't know. What do you think, Mikkel? Talk to us. Well, the the other thing that she she brought up um, is just taking time time off, you know, trips and vacations with her family, and how she is bringing the work with her. Um, and we've talked about this in to some extent oh, in yeah. the past, um, where some of us are okay bringing the work with us, other some of us are not, and like. To, to completely take the entire time off. I'm a little of both. I think it's I think it's a perk to run your own independent practice and mm-hmm. br- and be able to work in Australia intermittently in Melbourne soaking up family time in in the interim. I, th- yes. I think it's an advantage. Yeah. Um that you can bring your work virtually anywhere. Um but all in all there you have to put the brakes on some, some areas, you know? Um, yeah. There are only certain accounts that I share that I'd be working intermittently, for example. See, um, case by case. Yeah. Case by case. Exactly. And there's no reason you shouldn't have some sort of support that you can share. Listen, I am pregnant, for example. Listen, I am going to be taking a, a trip, an extensive trip. Mm-hmm. I could really use some help. Let me make some introductions between this longstanding client account and you so that you can take over and just include me. You know, of course it takes yes. time to find those individuals and to, to, to know you, you can truly trust them, but there, that's a win-win for you and the support team 100%. member. And it's it's just a little bit of time identifying finding to be 
to have that person at the ready. I know anytime I've met, done a, a, a good week trip away, yes, the laptop yeah. comes along for those emergencies, yeah. but I will use yeah. either a previous intern or a junior designer yeah. that I've been working with to be that yeah. point person. And then I know like they feel happy that there's someone there, but also too, it also means maybe a week prior to leaving, you ramp things up and got at least gave yourself a, a breathable window yeah. of like a lot of work is in their hands now, or you finish something. So there's, there's just no golden rule to this. It's about you feeling what you feel best as far as how much they should have access to you. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's like those ones that are your bread and butter. Maybe you give them a little bit more, a new client, right. you can really, you can give them the rules a little bit more defined now because it's harder to do it with an old client. <laughs> but it know? is, it is true. Once you put it in practice and you share, listen, I'm taking some time off, how respect, it's how human. respected yeah. that, that, that point of contact or contacts with that particular client account can truly be for for you and your time with your family or time off yeah. together. It's, it's, it's a nice little affirmation um, every, every, every so often to know that they care for you and they oh, yeah. feel you deserve the time and yeah. it'll get it. Things will continue right back where you left them when you're back. Exactly. And, and I, you're right by, without giving them the alarming thing, like you're telling them that you're leaving the day before, <laughs> you know, yeah. tell them what far in advance, let them know. I remember one client, um, I wrote to them for day one of, uh, we were at Adobe max. I remember, and I was like, just checking in on something. I emailed her and she's like, you're, you're, you're out this week. She's like, I, I wasn't, I was trying so hard not to bother you. And I was like, that Aww. was the nicest thing. You know, Sweet. so I was like, I hope this didn't open floodgates. <laughs> but, yeah, no, you know, I'm well, just that's, checking in. that's that type of respect I'm referring that's, to. That's very cool. And that's when, then that's the one you'll go a little bit, maybe, you know, a little bit more above and beyond for. So um, sure. ho- hopefully it helps. I think it's a matter of like, you're right. We're, we are one people shows in a lot of these ways, but have a few backups, mm-hmm. tell them way in advance um, and maybe train new clients a little bit differently. So you don't get into that with the newer ones, you know? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. could be the way around it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I hope we answered your question. That was cool. I think we are in dire need of some good new listener questions for the new year, I believe, right? Yeah, I love that this one was submitted um, via audio. That's uh, It makes it personable. It's yeah. more roundtable, approachable. So, when so there's our challenge That's for you guys. Cool. We, we have gone through the bend for 2018. We need some audio <laughs> questions. Pull out your phone. You can do it with voice recorder, whatever you want. And email it to, what is our address? <laughs> D- questions um, at the deep end design. Dot com. I think, I think is it is. Correct? Let's see. As you could tell, Wes had to leave. So again, it left Mikel and I <laughs> to end this podcast. I think, it is. I think you're right. Questions at the deep yes. end design. Design. Yes. Or hashtag DGDC on Twitter, and we will find it there as well. But feel free to send us something. We'd love to help you out. Hope you're having a great new year. And with that, we'll say goodbye. Awesome. Great show. Bye. Bye.